Hi, my name is Jamie, and welcome to the One World, One Voice, Your Story Project. We share stories from people all over the world and from all different walks of life. Because here's the thing, no matter where you are on this wild planet, and no matter what journey you have already been on, we all have our own unique story, which brings our own unique perspectives to the table. And you never know who you might inspire or completely transform simply by getting real and sharing your story. And right now, while the whole world is dealing with COVID-19, there are 7 billion people all venturing through on their own unique path. So drop in with us to hear some of these stories. And on that note, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Corona Diaries. Okay, so let's get started. So today is the date. Today is Tuesday, April 28th, 2020. Um, and I would love to know who I'm sitting here with. So if you can start us off, um, tell me, and by us, I mean me and my imaginary friend that you saw behind me earlier. Um, who am I speaking with? What's your name? How old are you? Where are you in the world? So geographically, where are you? But then also physically, where are you? And what do you do? Yeah, um, my name is Sean Michael Broder. Uh, I was born on November 9th, 1994, so I am now 25 years old. I'm actually uh, 9,302 days old. I found that out yesterday. I was about uh, to say, how the hell do you know that off the top uh, of your head? <laughs> I was just curious, so I looked up an age calculator, because I was like, I wonder how many days I've been alive. Uh, and it was like 9,301, so now it's 9,302. Cool. Um, I was born in Boston, and I'm now living in uh, Prague, in the Czech Republic. And I work both as a actor and a tour guide. Cool. Okay. So you are 25, will be turning 26 this year, you know, your actual birth date. Thank you for that. Um, and you're in Prague in the Czech Republic. And are you in a house? Are you in an apartment? Where do you live? Uh, I am in an apartment. I'm actually in one of the uh, Pontalocs. It was kind of like refurbished, but this was the kind of uh, easy to make, you know, kind of like low income housing that uh, they built during the communist era. The okay. Yeah, okay. So the, walls are, the walls are extremely thin. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Um, but yeah. And then if anyone from Prague is watching this, I live on Konyovova. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So do you live with roommates in your apartment? Mm-hmm. So this door is slightly ajar right behind me is my roommate Clada's room. It's her. Her boyfriend, Michael, is about to move in uh, in like a week. And uh, also her dog, Bob. Okay. So there's three humans and a dog. Uh, well, yeah, it's really like two and a half humans. I guess really, well, I mean, like we'll get into it. It's really, I guess, three because it's two and then two halves and then a dog. Oh, do you have a half? Do you have a partner? Yeah, I think that that'll probably be the most interesting part of my <laughs> quarantine. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, we will go there. So two full times, two part times and a dog, Bob. Awesome. And you are an actor and a tour guide. Interesting industries to be in during this time. Um, oh, I, I was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I'm only <laughs> laughing because you're laughing and what else can we do but laugh about it, right? <laughs> um, so, okay, well, I missed the question because I was uh, pretending to cry. That's okay. Um, do you yeah. need a virtual tissue? Uh, I want it from your virtual friend. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have to wait till after the interview for that. Now, before okay. we go into the tissue and get him back here, let's go back in time a little bit, Sean. Um, mm -hmm. Do you remember the first time that you heard about coronavirus or COVID-19? Absolutely. Um, maybe not like the, the first time is like a little bit vague, but I remember it developing. I and that was a pretty developing. steadfast absolutely to then say it's a little so vague. Like, Sorry, I remember it really picking up, and I remember specifically, um, my, my light bulb memory is like, once it hit Italy, mm. I was a tour guide, and I was giving a tour, and this girl was just telling me she came from Milan, and I was just like, all right, like, I'm right next to you, you know, so. How did you feel in that moment? Um, I was like, Oh, but uh, I wasn't like personally concerned for my health and I felt like it wasn't, you know, it was a little irrational to just jump away from her in that moment. Like I did know like, okay, this girl came from Milan and I'm right next to her and maybe during the tour I should be conscious and like hygienic. You know, like if she wanted to give me a hug at the end or anything, like maybe I should watch out for that. Or like, you know, when I get to the cafe break, I should think about washing my hands. Um, but yeah, I wasn't gonna just freak out in that moment. Cause to be honest, if she already infected me, she already infected him. Sure, yeah, da the damage was done. Um, do you remember, what was the date of that? Do you remember? Um, it had to be late, late February or the beginning of March, maybe like March 2nd, March 3rd. By the okay. time it started kind of picking up, I remember telling my uh, bosses that I just didn't want to work in tourism at that moment. Okay, which was probably beginning of February. Um, okay, no, excuse me, beginning March. of March. Beginning of March, yeah, okay. So, okay, that's the first time you remember it being like, whoa. Like, this is right here. But when was the first time you remember even hearing about it? Or, or was it not until it hit Italy that you heard about it? No, I heard about it. But, like, honestly, in, like, retrospect, it, it just seems so small. Like, it, it, it just seemed distant. It was just, like, mm. this thing in China. And, like, they were talking about banning travel from China. Got it. Uh, and that's, but it's really like when it hit Italy, I remember like just thinking like it's in Italy, like they had accounts of uh, people in Italy, people in Germany and people in Austria getting it. And I was just like, okay, one thing is Italy. Two things is like <laughs> fucking Germany and Austria, which share a border with the Czech Republic. So it's like a matter of time. And isn't it weird? Like, I mean, it was the same. I'm going to speak from a U.S. perspective and, and. By the way, I'm a traveler. You know, this is officially now the longest that I've been in one place in two and a half years. Um, no. It's been about two months. So yeah. I have a global perspective and the fact that usually I am somewhere else, but for almost all of this, in, in the sense of the whole time that 
the U.S. was aware of it, and I mean the general population, okay, because we were people were aware of it a long time beforehand. I was in the U.S. and yeah, it wasn't until it started hitting close to home that we really became like, consciously oh. aware because it was in the back of our memories, right? Like things had come up in the news, but why is that? As humans, we don't give a shit until it actually is going to impact me too, by the way, right? Or it could. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like in the situation, like I'm sure that you've got, gotten a broad spectrum and I mean, it's super interesting in the times that it comes because I remember one of the first things when it, when it did start hitting and things started picking up, I remember being really concerned, not over the virus, but the misinformation. Totally. Totally. That, that freaked me out. Cause it was, just and it was like, a huge problem. There was a lot of, there was a lot of news about that too. And then, and then you start thinking, should I actually worry? Should I not? What is real? What isn't? There was already all this shit about fake news. And I mean, you're from Boston. You have an American yeah. perspective, no matter where you're living. It never goes away. But, and the, the fake with, news shit, right, was already yeah, a real thing. But even with Boston being hit hard, uh, I, for weeks, I didn't know anyone that got Corona. I knew one person in Prague who I met twice but she was really just a friend of a friend. Well, actually, Sean, that's a question that I ask everybody and dig into that a little bit more for me as of today, April 28th, 2020. Yeah. Do you know anyone that's been diagnosed positive with COVID-19? Yeah, so I do. Um, other than Tom Hanks. My buddy, <laughs> AJ. Uh, I didn't mean to drop names. Um, my buddy, AJ, I was talking to him the other day and I just like, we were talking and we were just catching up and I just mentioned offhand, like benignly, like, like, wouldn't it be crazy to get it or something? Uh, or he was, or he just mentioned like, Oh, like, yeah, Corona like sucks. It's like suck. And I was like, you, you had it. He's like, yeah, my dad and I had it. And I was like, really? And then he was like, for him, it wasn't that bad. He just had a fever uh, and he had a loss of taste for a couple weeks. Um, yeah, so he just had a loss of taste for a couple weeks. And like the thing that I thought was craziest is that him and his father got it, but his sister didn't get it. His mom didn't get it, nor did his sister's boyfriend get it. Yeah, you know, it's, um, and you're right. I have heard a lot of perspectives and I've heard a lot of stories and I've heard different stories about people getting it. I heard a story about a guy in New York that the day that he got it, he said it literally felt like somebody came and sucked the life out of him. Actually, Sean, if you want to hear part of the story, it's his name's Victor and he is on the Corona Diaries project. And he reads a letter um, in that video of that first night where he literally felt like he was sitting with death. Okay. And then I've talked to people like you as well, where it was a bad cold and they lost their sense of smell and taste. There is no, there are so many unknowns about this thing. That's what is weird to me is there's no consistency at yeah. all. And then, at all. Yeah. And then CNN like released an article saying that like this can uh, cause strokes in like young adults, which I was one like one, why young adults? Like not like people over a certain age and it's two very, like fuck. <laughs> the whole thing is very strange. And actually this is, really random and you're just reminding me. I spoke to somebody yesterday who said that their mother just had a stroke. 
out of the blue. And I need to ask her about that. Actually, you're reminding me. But yes, it's really weird. So, okay. I hope it stays this way that you don't know anybody personally in your life that has died from it or been seriously affected. I really hope it stays that way. I mean, the other thing that's super weird is there's plenty of people that think they have gotten it, but haven't been able to get tested or the test came back negative. I mean, there's so many unknowns, but okay, let's not go too far into that. But the person that you know is in the States. Do you know people in Prague? Just one. So that, one. like friend of a friend. A friend of a friend. Okay. Okay, got it. Okay. So let's go back to this tour. So you're on this tour. You're a tour guide. A lot of international people, I imagine, right? Are these like tours of, these are tourist tours of, of Prague? Yeah. So it's, it's anyone. It's okay. Everyone and anyone. And, and I've been to Prague. I know. It's a touristy place. And there's like these free walking tours. I mean, and there's people from all over the world there. And you're, of course, in Eastern Europe. So it makes sense. You have people from Italy all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. When that gal said that she was from Milan, clearly you instantly had a reaction. But we're like, I'm not going to overreact. And for a lot of reasons, which you already explained. Could you see reactions on other people in the group? Oh, yeah. Like a dude behind me was like, oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah and, he did and, not react well. And like, to be honest, that's how I felt internally. Like, I don't want to get it. And like, you know, this flight or fight kind of came over me. But I know that like, I can just do the best I can in those circumstances. And in all honesty, I think that like, just because you're in close proximity with someone, like, it, like the two meter thing, right? Just kind of like keep your distance, like just when someone's sick, you know? And especially at that point, like I did not have in my mind that it's like highly infectious or anything like that. I knew that it was like COVID-19 and in essence, like uh, similar to, I mean, other uh, viruses or flus we've had. And I've been around sick people before. I've hooked up with sick people and I haven't gotten sick from them, you know? Doesn't totally. mean I was going to go and hook up with her, like, but like, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, like I've had the flu. I think I've only had it once in my life. It was like four years ago, knock on wood, five years ago, whatever. Um, it was terrible. I mean, I, I remember feeling so sick that I couldn't speak one day. It was just, and by the way, my partner at the time, he was with me the whole time. We were sleeping in the same bed. He never got the flu. Um, yeah. And so I, yeah, to this, to your point, it's like, I'm not, I'm far from it. Um, And I probably don't wash my hands as much as I should. And I eat shit from the ground and, and whatever. I'm not a germaphobe and I'm terrified of people right now. It's just like, I can't help but think about it. And every little thing I'm like, is this it? And it's weird. So yes, to have that reaction as normal. But that's the, because don't you think the most dangerous thing is the misinformation and the unknown? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you think about what does fear and stress do to the body? Are you kidding me? And that's going to make it worse. Like more prone to getting stress. It's a a vicious cycle. It really is. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. So when this happened, you said this was end of February, early March. What was so, and clearly people in your group were freaked out. I think people that were traveling at the time were aware of what was going on. You kind of had to be ish. Um, what was the feeling in Prague at the time? I know you can't speak for the whole country of the Czech Republic, but what was the feeling in Prague at that time? 
or had anything changed in your life? What was the government and the news and the media saying? Um, I mean, the thing is that it's all kind of blended together because to be honest, by the time it kind of picked up in the Czech Republic, like by the time, I think that there was less than, definitely less than a dozen cases. I think there was about six. Uh, they shut everything down. Okay, so it happened, they, they acted quick as soon as it started to become a like, thing. Yeah, they, they, like they first were like, no uh, concerts over 100 people. Uh, then that dropped down to 50. And really like the policies just went like quicker and quicker. Um, schools quickly shut down. I think this, this happened in like the span of a week. Yeah. Of yeah. Okay. And, and early March, do you remember? So you went into a state of full, unless it was like essential, everybody would stay at home, shelter in place, lockdown. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you remember like when that weird... was? Sorry? Do you remember when that was? Uh, no, I just remember like beginning of March. Okay. Yeah, I time blurs. A date, if you ever want like a record, like out of this interview, I can definitely like send you a date from like an article where they say like, you know, this just announced so-and-so band. Sure, sure. Yeah, but like to me, could have been the 8th, could have been the 12th, could have been the 6th, the 4th. I, I, I really Okay, so somewhere around the beginning of the second week of March, we'll say, is when it happened. Yeah. And there were only about, let's say, less than a dozen cases at the time. I'd even say, I'd go as far to say less than 10. Okay. Did it feel like it made sense what they were doing, considering how? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, like, even the, like, if there was eight people with it, and it's a, I mean, it's a, a disease where you can be asymptomatic for two weeks and they don't have a vaccine for it, and... We've seen how it like has overwhelmed hospitals. Like I'm like, makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, you don't want to fuck shit up. You don't want to have it like the idea that a doctor has to determine like which life to save is uh, like, you don't want to go. No, no one ever wants to be in that situation. Okay. And, and let's talk about the impact of that. So they shut it down when you had less than a dozen cases, less than 10, maybe. Um, how about now? How many cases did you, have you hit your peak? What's what's the current state of affairs? I believe we we definitely hit over seven thousand. But like in honestly, like when I talk to family and everything, I'm I'm like we kind of have the best case scenario, and like things are opening up again, which I'm like I feel weird about. There's something in my <laughs> core where I'm like this is like a little quick. Um, but like you can I don't know. Like you can go to like non-essential stores now, for example. Okay. And this is a very interesting thing to dig into. And it's only started happening when I talk to people in these interviews over the last couple of weeks. Um, and hang on one second. Sean, I want to... Okay. Resuming. So also I'm going to pin you because um, I, I, when I say something, I laugh and it pops back up to me with Zoom. Okay, cool. So we're recording again. So, okay, you said non-essentials are opening up again and you're feeling weird about it. And I feel weird about it too. Um, in, in Colorado, we are going to be supposedly reopening, I think on like May 6th or May 8th, something like that. Slowly reopening and it is a weird feeling. It's really weird. Um, 
but this isn't about me. This is about you. So I want to know about your weird feeling. When did, okay, so early March, now it's April 28th. Let's call it six weeks solidly that sounds like you were in stay-at-home shelter in place. Yeah, I guess so. Safe to say six weeks? Yeah. And you were living, okay, and and actually let me stop myself because before I get into what's happening now, let's go back to what happened during that time period. So you said you were fucked when it came to your job. Yeah. (laughs) Shut down. (laughs) Did you decide to stop working or was it decided for you? Well, the thing is that with tour guiding, I decided to not go because I knew that there were a lot of people passing through and I felt like a lot of people could be asymptomatic. And not only is this like a, a danger to myself, but then it's also, I can go around and infect other people. And at that point I was in a, I was just in a financial situation where I was like, I didn't feel like it was necessary to come to work. And like, I like tour guiding, but sometimes I'm not in love with it. And so like, I was like, am I really like, I'm not in the mood for this. I'm not in a dire financial need and I don't want to get Corona. And I feel like this is the, this is the way I would get Corona. Sure. And I want to acknowledge something that you said, because I think it's really important. You also said, I don't want to give it to other people. There is a social responsibility aspect of it too. Absolutely. it's It's to me like the inverse of the prisoner's dilemma. Mm. You know, which I heard, I'm not sure if I'm misusing this, but I heard tragedy of the commons and I'm not sure if I just heard that and kind of tied it in with that, but it's essentially like, I mean, the tragedy of the commons, I think like kind of mass people and mass people doing the wrong thing. Um, Cause like, it's true. I mean, when you see, cause it, I mean, it works on two fronts. I mean, one, like, yeah. Like that's why the face mask thing is a thing. Because if I wear a face mask, I'm not protecting myself from you, but I'm protecting you from me, yep. which is a useful thing. So if we both wear face masks, we both protect each other. If you don't right. wear one, then I'm at risk. If I don't wear one, you're at risk. So like, let's help each other out. Right, and um, it's about, oh, go ahead, sorry. Well then like, if you see people doing behavior where they're like, oh, I don't really care about the quarantine, you know, like, to be honest, in the last few weeks, like, you know, things have been lightening up and people want to go to the park and that's not like off limits. But obviously you go to the park and look, you, you sit on your own with like your roommates or people that you feel comfortable with, like social distancing. Because um, there are people that I'm like, okay, like, so for example, this girl that I've been seeing and we go to a park and we sit down and we both sit there with our masks off. We're completely away from everyone else. But the thing is that when I would do that, I would look at other people to see if it was okay. If no one else had their masks off, then I wouldn't have done it. Mm. But because other people had their masks off, I felt comfortable taking my mask off. But then someone else can just see me with my mask off, you know, and say that it's comfortable, especially if the person that I saw with their mask off had left. Then they could see me and go, okay, this guy's doing it, you know? Uh, and that's just, I mean, we're simple. We're monkeys. So, like monkey see monkey do Uh, yes absolutely and there's still monkeys that end up being leaders of the pack right but for the majority we do follow the leader we're social we're creatures of habit we are social creatures and we do follow and that's actually one of the reasons why i think it's so fascinating doing these interviews and also why this time period is so interesting is because 
so many different groups of people from different cultures are experiencing the exact same thing right now and having to deal with it, right? So what are the ways in which different cultures are doing it and which people follow that kind of lead? And actually, you're bringing up something that I wanted to dig into specifically about the Czech Republic. Um, And by the way, like, thank you for acknowledging the fact that you are making decisions based on other people, but also trying to be responsible. I don't think people are admitting that so much. We want to think that we're making decisions purely on our own accord. It's not the case at all. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously I don't want to look like an idiot. I don't want to look like an asshole, but like for the sake of an interview and for the sake of information, like whoever's like watching this, they need to know that like I do basic shit too. Sure. Of course. And then there comes a time where you're like, fuck it. I also need to live my life. It's a really weird scenario. And also there comes a point where it's like, well, did I already have it? Do I not? How serious is this? Like, am I going to get it inevitable? I mean, there's so many factors at play when you're making these decisions. Um, Mm. And I think another thing that you brought up is, well, if I put on my mask then I'm protecting you from me, do we have each other's backs as a world really in that way? I don't know. I think that tragedy in these scenarios bring that out in us more than other times and actually makes me hopeful. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think it is like a little bit of a flight or fight thing. Like, it is a beautiful thing that, you know, you can see in times of like the, uh, any, any times of crisis, you can see really people doing that. Uh, this actually came up in a Holocaust class that I was talking about, uh, that I was in. Uh, and this guy, who, who I didn't like, I thought he was super obnoxious, did this thing where he's just like, he was talking about Oscar Schindler. And he was like, maybe sometimes we only see like, the brightest lights in the darkest times. And I was like, shut up. But like, honestly, like he was kind of right. Like when you it's have true. that strong contrast, you, you see the other side. I don't know. It's, it's more polarizing. Like, it's, it's, um, it's an unfortunate truth that when we, in times of tragedy, this is when the human spirit shines the most. Um, yeah. And it's also like, you can see it on a personal life. Like when shit goes down for oh you my God. to put like, to get your shit together, to change your life. But or you're like, not, or you're not right. Or you're not. But what I mean, and then is you that, die. Like, I mean, that's survival of the fittest. It is evolution in a way. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that sometimes we don't change things until shit hits the fan. Not like sometimes, almost always think about relationships. How many times do you end a relationship and you look back and you're like, God, I should have done that months ago. You knew, but we wait until it's so bad. Like, yeah, I'm like, I saw this coming. I remember feeling it. I remember the first time I felt this and went like, this is a danger. And then I I fell off that cliff, you know? Think about the fucking, think about the virus, Sean. When did it start? In November. When did our politicians and government start hearing about it then? They probably yeah. thought to themselves, maybe this is going to become a thing. We should probably do something. But it wasn't until it actually became a problem. That's actually, that's a really good point. Because the, like, the same shit. It happens all the time. But if you apply it on like a relationship level, like, uh, like I, have, I have issues with opening up, right? So like it's, it's kind of like selective. It's almost like, because sometimes like obviously in this interview, like I'm, I'm being open and I'm being communicative, but like, when you get certain puncture points, certain vulnerabilities and weaknesses to myself, I have a very like ironclad uh, difficulty with it. Um, so like sometimes I'll experience like an issue with a relationship, but I don't know how to talk about it. Mm. You know, 
but it's like, I don't want to ruin a good time. I don't want to start this conversation that leads to a fight and might cause us to break up. I want to keep that up. I want to keep this good, you know? And like the economy is kind of that for a lot of these people. It's just like, we don't want to shut shit down. We don't want to stunt things. At least when they talk about it in the perspective of Donald Trump, he did not want to slow down the economy. He did not want to receive damage onto the economy because if he does that, especially in 2020, when his term is up, like he's kind of fucking himself. Because if he loses that like 40% of support, like he's fucked, you know? So like, of course he wants to keep the good times going. And I think that even like, I don't know, like, I don't want to get confused. Uh Huh? It's just like, I think it's very weird that there are all these protests coming up and there's this total spin on coronavirus that also like Fox News is kind of pushing, you know? And it's like right after we had to begrudgingly accept to shut shit down and the economy did have to take this. And so it's almost like, well, this diehard uh, Trump faction now has a sort of pariah within this. They even negate that, you know? So it's just like, it's a mindfuck. It is a mindfuck for so many reasons. For so many reasons. And it's very interesting how people are trying to twist this to use it certain ways. But I mean, he's he's fucked himself. There's too many lies and so many people are like, wow, I can't believe I ever tried. I mean, that's a whole other story, but let's go into the mind fuck part of it. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't have boots on the ground. I feel like people are very disconnected when it comes to political. I don't know how much of his people he had lost in the first term. I think that this last couple of months has made a dramatic impact on that. And I don't think yeah. in a good way. Yes, okay. and I'm very, very happy about it. Um, at the same time, though, Sean, I mean, we're not talking about the election, and it is an election year. That's usually all you hear about. It's well, I mean, very like, crazy. Things, things did have to be put on hold. Like, if you, anyone that wants to do their research, like, you can look up how Czechs and specifically how Proggers feel about the current prime minister, Andre Babish. Like, it's usually not pleasant from what I hear. He doesn't have like a good reputation. He's kind of known as being like a bad boy in the dark, uh, having connections to the secret police uh, during the communist era and kind of using that and the privatization to the 90s to become the second richest man in the Czech Republic. Um, But like, you know, people are like, yeah, I don't like him, but like, you know, he handled this well. Well, I mean, there's there's some criticism there, like, trust me, because there is like, obviously like if, especially because politicians are considering this, they're, they're using war kind of uh, vocabulary to talk about this, you know, the battle with Corona. Because it's obvious they want to galvanize people. They want people to feel like they're like doing something. Uh, but then it's like, okay, if you're going to use that, who are the war profiteers? Mm. It's a very, like, very poignant question you asked. And, and I think we all know the answer. It's the politicians. They get to... Gain well, loyalty, just, trust, or them, well, yeah, you can, you can. I sorry to interrupt. You can get like cynical about it, and you can say that there are politicians that have been benefiting from this, but there are even minor people, you know, and even like some. Oh people my god! Yeah. And, oh like, my god! Honestly, even myself, despite being fucked by like because both of my industries are shut down, I've definitely benefited from this quarantine. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to ask you about the good stuff uh, in just a moment. And I want to know how the government handled it, especially because, I mean, geez, 
not that you came out of communism yesterday, but there's definitely still an after effect there. And Czech Republic I, dealt with the Holocaust and World War II and in ways mm-hmm. in which the U.S. And I'm so curious to hear about that. But before we do, I still want to talk to you about living over the last six weeks. You're in an apartment with other people. You've been at home. You also said you had this, sounds like budding relationship. Doesn't sound like one that was necessarily confirmed. So talk to me about (laughs) all of that. And like, you know, there were people that I talked to, but I'm just going to give you snippets and you can choose which road to go down. Mm -hmm. People talking about what it was like to communicate rules and guidelines with roommates and boundaries and never having to deal with that before or being with people 24 seven or I mean, figure out how to work together or exactly the relationships. Well, if we're not living together, do we become a quarantine? Can I go there? Do you come here? All of that stuff. So you can dig into whatever you want, but I want to know what it's been like over the last six weeks before you started coming out of this. Yeah. Um, Well, that's the funny thing because both my roommate and I started seeing people very like shortly Mine shorter than hers, but hers still like a month, maybe, before the quarantine. Uh, and her boyfriend has a studio. Mm, so convenient. we ended up in a position where both of us could quarantine and be pretty much apart. Like sometimes she would come back here. Um, and actually, I would say... T- after the second week, about entering the third week, uh, we went to uh, my girlfriend's place and we just switched it. I don't really know why. We really just like did it and then like just did it as a one-off thing. And then it just stayed like that for another two weeks. So we basically did like two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. Um, And it was, like honestly like really funny because it like I'm sure anyone if I say like I started a relationship like right before the quarantine it was like fucking perfect (laughs) I had no problems I had so much fun with her she's an extremely deep sleeper I am a night owl she falls asleep at 10 or 11 I could blast a movie I could play guitar next to her and there was no I couldn't even wake her so like, Damn. yeah, and jealous we, of that, of her sleep and not of you being able to do what you want. I'm just like, I want to be able to sleep like that again. Jesus. Yeah. No, it's honestly like someone brought it up the other day. They're like, isn't that like, it's like, thank God we live in the times that we do because definitely if we were living by Darwin's law, she'd be dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> she can't wake up with anything. Um, yeah. Like, and honestly, like we were really good friends before. So we established uh, from the beginning, like a very strong foundation of communication where we were able to work through things. Like I, and she also studied psychology or she's, she studied, she was a minor in psychology, but she's really fascinated by psychology. And that was super helpful for me because I don't have a lot of, um, Sometimes I have trouble, like I got into a fight with a friend the other day and I got really upset over it and I was supposed to meet her and I didn't know how to talk about it. And then I explained kind of like, I really like after like eight to 10 minutes of like trying to write this fucking text out, you know, um, I wrote it out and then she's just like, oh, totally understand, babe, you need to process. And I was like, process, that's the word I needed. 
I need to process. Uh, and so like, I do understand though that when it's with my own feelings that I need to, what I do is I just kind of establish a line. I say like, here's this line, I'm not passing it, I'm not crossing it. Like I'm not gonna go and touch you in your own personal space, but this is everything behind me, you know? So like, this is why I'm upset, this is why I'm frustrated, this is why I'm doing this. Um, so like, we were able to talk most things out. There was only like the second week, I started getting frustrated, honestly on both sides of my family, there's like a little bit of a temper. They get like very snippy, snappy. And so like, yeah, we had like one point where like I snapped and she's like, all right, I'm gonna cook lunch. Uh, I would like some space. And then I sat in my room being like, oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like it was, yeah. I like it, that, and that's the thing. That's where I felt like it was like a benefit for me. It felt weird. It felt like a movie. It felt like, a, like a, the ultimate vacation. Uh, and I'm also like an introvert. I love talking to people, but I like talking to people one-on-one. -on -one. I don't like big groups. I um, generally with bars, I mean, I can have a good time, but like also drinking makes me feel like sloggy. Uh, same thing, like smoking weed usually slows me down, gets me a little bit agitated. Like I can't have good conversation. Um, so like the whole thing was just this kind of detox, isolate yourself, sit with yourself, wake up in the morning and just wait to figure out what you want to eat for breakfast. Not like wake up time for breakfast and like, Oh, this is healthy for you. Like I woke up the other day and I waited two hours. I waited two hours before I wanted to eat and I was getting hungry. And then I was like, Oh, I want yogurt with nuts. That's what I want. And that was awesome. I, I felt like so proud of myself that I was so in tune with myself. Cause honestly, like when I'm tour guiding, I won't. And I've, I've really like abused myself from tour guiding because I get tired at the end of the day and I decide to get a beer or I default to go and meet up with a friend. And now I didn't have that option. I had to sit with myself. And that was like phenomenal. I'm like beyond happy for you. Um, and I love the fact that you took the opportunity to truly take the pause. Um, and that's what it was. It was a forced pause. And yeah. I think so many people you know, resist. You know what it kind of was? Have you ever no. seen Lord of the Rings? No. Oh, really? Let me get this quote up because I really want to get it right. Because uh, there was this yeah. one quote Cause I like, the funny thing is that we started it and like my, my girlfriend is like uh, infamous, like she cannot stay awake at night. Yeah? Yeah, I get it. So she passes out. So whenever we watch a movie at night, we couldn't, except the one, there was one where I was still up and she woke up at like two because she had been sleeping through the day and just this off thing. She woke up at two. I was like, hey, and we started hanging out. And then we just talked about watching a movie. She's like, I want to watch The Greatest Showman. It's like, of course, then she stays up the whole fucking time. <laughs> when I want to put on my rings, I'm not salty. I'm sorry. She's great. Um, but so we, we put on Lord of the Rings and, and she fell asleep wicked early. And 
I like, I watch it to the end and like this quote kind of established the foundation for it. And even for my life, cause I like, I really have a lot of pressure with doing things because I, I want to be great. I know that I want to get to the top of this mountain. Um, and I often pressure myself with my time and, and I feel like it's not productive and I really like, I'll beat myself up. I feel like I need to, I like, I need that hustle and I feel like I don't have it. Oh, I get it. Shitty. Um, so then I'm watching Lord of the Rings and like, you know, you know, the premise, like Frodo Baggins has this ring of power that is like, you know, if the evil guys get it, if um, Sauron gets it, like it's the end of the world, you know? And this small hobbits basically like, like suffering because it's just like, like, and honestly, like fairly, like why the fuck does this hobbit have to do this thing that no one else can? And so he's breaking down because he's like seen, it's basically like, you know, a boy being born his generation and having a nice upbringing and then being sent to war. And so he just says to Gandalf, played by the great Sir Ian McKellen, uh, I wish it need not have happened in my time. And so Gandalf says, so do I. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to do uh, is to decide what to do with the time that we have been given. Oh my God, you have to send me that quote. You have to send me that quote. And it was it's just so like, perfect. It's so fucking I got, perfect. It, I, I honestly butchered it because I got these goosebumps that were, <laughs> they like, but I, I was there like at 1.30 in the morning, like. Oh, but it's so true. I get it, Sean. And I'm so glad you read it because yeah, we didn't, we don't get to choose the cards we're dealt. We don't get to choose what we go through. We get to choose how we react and respond and our actions and attitudes towards yeah. it. And 100%. Yeah. And, and that is what this so, is. That's so beautiful. Yeah. It is. And, and, so, and, and yeah. go ahead. Well, I, I don't know. I like, I, I, like I've had rough times and I know that like, look, you learn something or you, you get a tool or you get a key that unlocks you and it's easy to kind of forget about it. You kind of have to fight to keep it in. But like it, I don't know. Uh, even like reading it now, I'm just like, wow, it's, it's going to be okay. Of course it's going to be okay. Of yeah. course it's going to be okay. It all happens as it's supposed to. And sometimes we have to go through the hard times to see the light, to learn the lessons, yeah. to come yeah, out well, stronger. To have the pause to hold the mirror up, we need it. My, I asked a gal, I ask everybody, so I'll ask you this, the good stuff that comes out of it. And her first response was, I think it's a chance for us to remember why we're actually here. Why are you, Sean, actually here? And what do you want for your life? This is the time to think about it. When else have we had a forced pause like this? So you did it. And I'm really, really, really happy for you. And more to come, yeah. right? Work doesn't end now. It's only just beginning, actually. And I'm excited yeah. to see what happens. By the way, it doesn't mean that it's easy what you're doing, sitting and being with yourself. is not easy. And it's oh, no. so worth it. It's so worth even, it. Well, even when you're saying it there, like, I, I have this, like, I get this perfunctory. I'm just like, ugh, like, fuck. You know, like, it, it's hard. It's, it's like, it's hard sometimes. Sometimes it's insanely easy. Sometimes it's nice. easy You're right. that switch to click. But then there are those days, you know, like 
I, I don't know. I always remember like, you know, you, you get an epiphany like late at night or you talk to a friend, you know, and you, and you really figure things out. And that's not the challenge really getting through it. It's in that day where you feel nothing or you mm. feel like nothing at all. And you have to remind yourself. Cause like, of course, like I can, now I, like, I, I feel energized or ready or I feel good about it. But like, when I get off this phone call or when I wake up tomorrow or, you know, on May 7th, like, am I, am I going to have it? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. And what's I, the point of even thinking about it? This moment is all that we have, truly. The future yeah. doesn't exist, but it is a practice. It is truly a practice over and over again, just like gratitude, just like anything. Um, yeah. So, yeah. okay, let's, switch gears a lot right now and i want to get into how the government handled things in the czech republic how do they take care of the people what are they doing for the businesses that shut down how do the people feel in the czech republic like what's going on talk yeah, to me about yeah. all that i mean like if you told any like kid like growing up in the 90s or the the early 2000s that uh, a, a fucking post-communist country is gonna like set you up better <laughs> than the U.S. <laughs> like, it'd be like, okay, like, mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, when I thought of like when I when I grew, I mean, I I think of like, I don't know, like, always like post-communist, for example, or like I feel like even uh, people when they think about the Czech Republic, I mean, they can associate it with this like post-communist economy, but like. I mean, the Czech Republic is unique, and I can I can argue that. But like, how long have you lived there? Just to set some context. I first came to the Czech Republic uh, five years ago. I studied here five years ago, but then I moved here in October 2016. Okay, so it'll be four years in October. Yeah, exactly. Long enough to know what you're talking about. I think as a tour guide, uh, as having. Czech friends as being romantically involved with Czechs. I think I've, I've gotten a decent enough kind of feel of the whole thing. Okay. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm not like a fish, you know what I mean? But I think that I've- Sure, but you've been immersed long enough. Or whatever, yeah. However you want to continue the analogy. Um, they like, I, I, I think they get five stars. I mean, like, I know that you can pick that apart, but like, I was so proud you know, to be part of this. And like, weirdly so, like, I've, I've honestly like struggled with the, uh, I mean, my outlook on the United States is like, has really changed over the course of 10 years. I mean, 10 years ago, I took a class called World Crises in high school, where I learned about like, what the United States did in the Middle East, uh, you know, how they overthrew uh, a democratically elected leader in Iran because they wanted basically the Shah and political and economic interests to remain. Um, I had then like, you know, over time, you know, learned, I, I never was, was taught about Vietnam really. I was never taught about Central America, was never taught about South America. Uh, and, you know, I, I spent like most of my like kind of conscious, conscious life in the Obama era. And then I moved here in October, 2016. <laughs> yeah, like, what a time to fucking know. leave the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've been here, 
I mean, like I, I've been home. I, I usually go home once every six months. So I, I've been home about eight times, seven times, you know, um, over the course of four years. So like, but I don't know. I don't, I, I, I feel really weird. I feel like a, like a friend that has like, that, that like cussed me out and, and kind of like pushed me out of their life. And, and I had issues with them before and I don't know how to navigate it. And I have like a lot of trouble with that. And then, so I have this like new friend, Czechia come in and like, we have this crisis and they say like, okay, well, like we're going to shut everything down. We're going to shut everything down before it gets really bad. Um, you know, uh, Everyone should wear face masks on public transportation. Um, basically, seniors are the only ones that can shop from 8 to 10 a.m. in the supermarkets. You know, oh, and also, like, for all freelancers, uh, apply for this, and we, we will give you 24,000 crowns, which is the equivalent of $1,200. And ask anyone, you can ask more people if you have them that are freelancers in the Czech Republic. I got that money in three days. Wow. Like, it's, it's efficient as fuck, you know? So like, I, and by the I, way, $1,200 lasts a long time where you are. Yeah, that too. I mean, $1,200, like now that we have a third roommate, that's four months of rent. Like that's super helpful to a guy that doesn't know when either of his jobs are going to start up, you know? And that gives me the space. So I don't have to like force myself into a position, you know? Like, I feel like I'm just a little bit more comfortable because to be honest, like, I don't want to teach like Chinese children on like VIP kid, you know, right. it's just something that I don't want to do. I, I hate the idea of it and I hate teaching English. And I know I'm saying that from a point of privilege and like, if I never got it, I would be on that boat and I would be more stressed out. But like, luckily they, I don't know, gave me a position where I was like able to breathe and I was able to relax. and I was able to calm down. And go like, okay. It's amazing because freelancers here in the U.S., if you weren't a lot of times with freelancing in the gig economy, it's cash, right? Quickly, under the table, like under the table. Mm -hmm. I say that just because of the nature of the business and you can get, yeah. you don't get to collect unemployment. Yeah. Can we, hold on one second. I need to get my computer charger. Yeah. Okay. Timing because we only have a couple minutes left. Okay. So... <laughs> It's nice to hear that that is what happened with the government there. And yeah, in a lot of ways, it's like compare. Let's not compare, at least right now, because I do have a question for that. But what about the whole, like, uh, I don't know, lack of better words, I'm going to call it PTSD from the communist era. And then like being told that, okay, we're going into lockdown or, or you have to stay home. Was there any resist? Nothing. I mean, not that I've heard. I mean, like. I, you think it was almost easier for people to listen because of that? Um, look, but if you say that, I think that you're like uh, kind of pointing towards a cultural trend in Europe as a whole. Ah. You know, and it's also been 30 years since the communist era had fallen. So, I mean, even like, think about it. If a kid's like 10 years old, they don't really remember. You know what I mean? So, like, I haven't asked a lot of elderly people. You know, sure. I haven't gotten the feel from a lot of elderly people. Sure, but sure. Like, That's a good point. That's a good point. People your age, it was over by then. So even if they were eight years old, you know what I mean? And the right. 90s, granted, was a different thing. But even like relationship with the police here is much better than relationship with the police in the US. I'm a lot more comfortable negotiating with the police here. I was locked out of a friend's house 
or I was like locked out of an apartment. My phone had died and I wanted to get into the apartment. I didn't know what buzzer was my friends. So I literally at one point got so frustrated. I buzzed everyone. And I was like, that's fine because if the police come, I'll just ask them, tell them I was locked out, ask them if I can use their phone, call them and it'll be solved. You know, I wouldn't do that because I feel like the police would harass the fuck out of me in the US or they would take me into the station first. Yeah, man. Wow. It's uh, interesting. We definitely yeah, it, have a lot to learn. Weird. Like, weird. I'm just saying, like, I'm sure that like my great uncle, if I told him any of this, would be like, I'm very shocked because when I heard about the communist era, I thought all the food was gray and I thought all the buildings were gray. You know? Right. And then there were just red flags everywhere. Like red was the decoration. Like, no, actually no. <laughs> Um, And yeah, I mean, it has, you can have a whole dialogue about that. Sure. And the reason that, I mean, there are a lot of reasons I asked. Um, I always like to know what it's really like. Um, And also thinking about something like this, like what is the long-term impact going to be? And you live in a society and culture right now where there was something that dramatically impacted and now you're living in a new world. And as somebody that's been there, you can see little impacts of it here or there, but like not. So I just think, okay, what are the long-term effects of this going to be? And rather than talk about anything bad, let's just go into my other question just for sake of time and it will lead into this. So as we kind of talked about earlier on, you know, in the darkness is when the light shines, right? We talked about it. This is when like the greatest inventions come. I mean, we have to figure it out. When you have to figure it out, we do. So what good are you already seeing come out of this, Sean? This could be your local friends and family in Prague. It could be in the Czech Republic as a whole, in Europe, in the world, back in Boston. What good are you already seeing come out of this? And what good do you think is going to come out of this? And that's the long-term impact. Uh, I mean, like, I can, I can speak on a personal level. Like, I, I know for me, like, I feel very sure of myself. I feel like I've reached a lot of personal development uh, through the help of my girlfriend, through the help of this isolation and really because it's time. I mean, the thing is that what's so beautiful is, I mean, you struggle with like, you know, to live a happy life, you really need to live a grateful life. And we're always grateful when something's just given to us without expecting it. You know what I mean? If a friend just got you chocolate, it's just like, oh, thanks, dude. You know, and then you're just like a little happy. And the thing that I realized is that the thing that I'm constantly being given is time. But like, I, you know, and I'm, I'm given it without asking for it, really. But sometimes I do feel like I, I expect it or I demand it. And I expect that that time be like turned or transformed into something that I really want. But um, I was able to reassess this and give all this time and be able to turn it into something that was more internal for myself. Uh, this being me being more of an introvert. I'm, I would be an ambivert. I mean, really, I think everyone's like an ambivert. There's no such thing as zero or 100. I think those like very seldom exist in reality. Um, and even if someone says like, oh, I'm 100% this, I'm like, bullshit, you know? But I know that there are a lot of people that really like struggled with this. Um, I do feel a stronger sense of community. I think that people have a greater appreciation and maybe some of those people are able to turn around and assess these things. 
I think that some people were able to uh, kind of go like, okay, well, who's like important to me, you know, have dialogues and, and actually talk to people and connect with people that might've lost touch with or because of the pressures of day to day had struggle connecting with. Um, but I'm honestly like, uh, concerned or I'm worried about the unknown because I know that we've taken a big economic hit from this. Um, and it's, it's at, literally at this point in time, I'm just very confused. Mm. It's now abruptly changing here. As you can say in the U S like things are overturning, but like the fucking Olympics were canceled, you know? all film festivals that I talked like talked about. I had a short film that was going to con and con got canceled. I had another film that might've been in the Carlo Vivati, which is the most popular one here. And that got canceled. That was just announced today. So like you're telling me that when they're announcing or like last Friday, they announced all these rollbacks, but they're still kind of like canceling festivals, but people are returning to day to day. Then like I know Sweden really didn't do any sort of, stopping policy and I'm, I'm not enough of an expert to know about all this i think that for the czech republic like we did a really good job at curbing it and i remember at the beginning there was um someone on joe rogan that was talking about it's not an if but a when for when you're getting corona so like you know it's this is really just preventative measures to ensure that we don't overwhelm hospitals and more people don't have to die. We're able to get everyone the proper treatment if need be. Um, but it's, it, for here, for where I am, all these changes just kind of happened quickly. I was in quarantine, I was in a shell, and then they're basically saying like, hey, in a week you can get a haircut and go to a museum. And I'm like, like but I just spent two months you know, like wearing a face mask, being concerned because I was in a mini market and I picked something up and went, oh, I don't really want this. And then I go like, well, what the fuck do I do with it? Because I, I already touched it, you know? Like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, and then I even have people that are just like, I've met a few people in the past few days that are just like, yeah, Corona's like bullshit, you know? And I'm like, I, I don't know. So like between like what had happened, how I hear with like Spanish influenza it disappeared and it came back much worse in the autumn and the economic impact of what this had occurred, I would say that like, I mean, we've just kind of begun. Okay, <laughs> so interesting. Uh, my original question took a very sharp turn there, Sean, because we were talking about the good that's coming out of this and what good is going to come out of this and where you went actually is another question I asked, which is when are we going to come out of this? And it sounds like you have no idea. So not even that you can't think about what good is going to happen, but like, when are we going to get out of this and are we doing it right right now? And it's confusing as fuck. You meant, you said the word mind fuck earlier. Uh-huh. This yeah, it is. I mean, and it is in so many regards. And this is exactly part of it. Should we be reopening? Are we okay? Well, yeah, it kind of seems like that. We have slowed down the curve. It is a matter yeah. of when, not if. Is it bullshit? I don't know. Should I be going out? I just did this for t- It is a mind fuck in every stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, like, even, like, being able to get that out and reassess it, or really just hearing you talk there, I think that it is just kind of like a, oh, well, like, curb it, and then, like, 
be conscious for a while. I think that they're going to have to have some sanitation policies in order, or you at least have to watch out for the shit. Um, but like, let's say it's August and all of a sudden you feel your soul being sucked out of you. You're having trouble breathing and you have a fever. You're taken to the hospital. You have Corona, but you're just put on, like, you know what I mean? You're treated because it's your not space, overwhelming. There's room, right. Yeah. So instead of getting it in April, you get it in June, you know? And maybe that is kind of a, maybe that is how it is. And I'm not the one to dictate, it's a numbers game, you know? So I'm not the one to dictate, oh, it's a good enough time to move back. The thing that I think might've concerned me with here is that it happened so quickly. And some of it was a little bit of a, of a loophole, a little bit of semantics within the judicial system. Uh-huh. And uh, at the same time, it's like, you know, Florida basically said like, oh, like, fuck this. And so it like those two kind of went hand in hand in the same week. So it was just a lot of feelings inside. And so I was like, okay, like basically Florida did this or other states did this, which I deemed to be a, a rash or unhealthy policy. But at the same time, like we're moving back. And like I went to the park that day and there, the park was littered with people. And so I'm just like, aren't we like, aren't we still concerned about getting it? Yeah, it's really weird. It's going to be really weird to see what happens. And I don't know. Like, yes and no. I go back and forth by, it's the moment, ask me one moment, I have, might have one answer, ask me another moment, I might have another answer, but I can consistently say, yeah. it is something that I do think about and am worried about, but I don't know to what degree. Um, so there's that. Yeah. Now, no, I'm 100%, like, yeah. I was so, very about it at the beginning, and then now I'm like. What can you do, really? I, I really don't know. Right. I have no clue. Yeah. So is there anything else, Sean, that you want to add about good stuff that you're seeing come out of this or what good you might think might come out of this? Positive changes, impact inventions, good stuff with people? Because um, that's really oh, all I well, like, it's Look, it's super fascinating. Like when you talk about like inventions and everything, like I think like one of the things that is so fascinating about this uh, is that no one really predicted it outside of like the medical community or the science community. I would say that the general populace had never really imagined something of this scale. I can at least speak for myself and I'm a millennial pot smoker who feared about environmental disasters, a third world war, an economic crash, even a United States civil war. Like I had been concerned, uh, fucking asteroid really some sort of Armageddon. I like, had a point like by sophomore year of college where I was like, I, I feel like I was born in the end of times. And uh, you just had, had this that, feeling, like, me too. We said that something was going to happen. I'm listening just so you know. I'm looking Great. Listening. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we have that in common. I, that makes <laughs> yeah. me feel better, but also more concerned. Yeah, I know. I'm like, does it really make you feel better? I don't know. In a way, at least that I, like I have a, like a kindred spirit, you know, and we both feel that way. But then it's like, well, this isn't a good thing to feel. <laughs> totally, totally, absolutely. I um, just think... Go ahead. But uh, I don't know, like, well, 
you know, I talked about this. Hmm? To the point that you were just making. Mm -hmm. And you kind of said this kind of in the Lord of the Rings quote, like inevitably, I mean, life wasn't necessarily great before. We needed a change. It's your point. Mm -hmm. Something was going to happen. We couldn't be in the planet. Couldn't handle what we were doing. The economy couldn't handle what we were doing. Groups of hordes of people couldn't handle the way life was. And by the way, I'm a part of, we are all part of a greater collective. I believe we are all one big energy and vibrations beating together, feeling so separate, but we're not. And I truly think that there was a, a collective within the collective that had been calling in and wanting something this, like this for a long time, me being one of them. But to think like, how could something like this be possible where on a global scale, we would have to take a pause and reassess life completely the way that we're doing it? How can that happen without an atomic bomb, like you said, or the destruction of humanity? In a way, this is kind of like the most peaceful way that it could happen, in my opinion, because I do think that we have an opportunity and a clearing to restructure a lot of things. Will we do it? Will we actually make the change? Will people take the pause that you're talking about and reflect and make those internal changes? Because if we all do imagine the impact that that could have um, and would yeah. So I don't know, we'll see. Well, if you, yeah. So like that, you know, if people were galvanized as if there was a world war going on, but there wasn't a world war, we would get a lot of shit done, you know? And is that not what's happening? Yeah, I mean, in essence, but the question is, uh, like, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, but I mean, will this really change it is, I don't know, I like, and I definitely feel a lot of things. And as I was saying, like, I feel positive, I feel stronger uh, in a lot of elements. But, you know, maybe when I return to day-to-day -day life, I'll be challenged and I'll be diminished in this sense. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, but like, yeah. I don't know, but like the, the point being, regardless, like it isn't like, you know, when you talk about like technology, uh, yeah, I mean, this is like, this is a new frontier. Like I had never imagined this. It was only until I mentioned to my friend how I like kind of fear the end of the world and how I, I asked them, how do you think the world would end? And they said a super bug. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, like definitely. That's what would wipe us out. Uh, and that was actually like a year ago to the day, like a week ago. So little did I know that less than a year after I had that conversation, there'd be a, a global pandemic. Um, and not to open another can of worms, but there's a lot of conspiracy out there that it is biological warfare right now. Yeah, so let's, but like- Let's not go down that road. No, well, it's just like, like, what are you gonna do about that? Like, it's, the only thing is like, when you're like, oh, this is a conspiracy, this is a great conspiracy. I'm like, Okay, but like, like, you, oh, are you I mean, totally. The reality is, it doesn't. The, the, the reason for why this is happening doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is, it's happening. So we have to deal exactly. with it. Exactly. Like, to be honest, I know my size, you know? So, like, even in this, like, this is a great conspiracy theory. Let's say that you're even like a fucking part of the Illuminati. I have no way of proving that. And, like, 
I can't just assume that and act on. Like I have to just keep my head, keep my feet, whatever's in front of me, I deal with it. And if I end up like going to the auditorium where all the Illuminati are meeting and I finally found it and I finally figured it out, then there we go. You know what and I mean? And there you go. But until then, meh. Well then fuck oh it. Oh my god, like, I would oh, shit myself. That's cool. Like what are your benefits? That would be crazy. Yeah, like fifteen um, percent off at D'Angelo's. Yeah. <laughs> D'Angelo's. Funny. Um, okay, I hate to do this because I honestly like we've been talking, I'm sitting here, I'm like, this is why like I loved meeting you. Um, you're fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really uh, love you. I love talking to you. It's bringing it all back. Yeah. And you know, yeah. it has been almost exactly a year since we met. Um, yeah, another thing. But that's like always like a, a check life thing. Because even like, so let's say like, even like my roommate here, um, she was the bartender at the bar that I lived above. I love it. Right? Yeah. But like, I just imagine like walking, I always like, this is how I kind of imagine these scenarios. I imagine myself walking down like the cellar cause there was like a first floor and then there was a cellar floor and that's where she would kind of work. And I remember walking down the cellar for the first time and like seeing her like going up to a bar and ordering a beer. And I imagine like future me or like quarantine me with like a fucking mustache going like five years from now, there's gonna be a global pandemic. She has yeah. <laughs> a dog named Bob. You know, and it's just like, oh, like life is weird. <laughs> life is so weird. I love that. I yeah. kind of like, I'm glad that we don't know. And it is funny to think about if someone told me, would I ever believe them of the things that have happened in my life? Fuck no. My life, I don't believe it myself sometimes. So. You ever hear about the guy that was like, uh, he was like, uh, under, like he was uh, being held by the Taliban for like 15 years, 20 years. No. No. It was like a guy like so he must have been captured in like the late 90s early 2000s. Imagine being captured then and then like you know like getting uh picked up and then like there's a soldier that's just like yeah President Trump would like to meet you and you're like uh, uh <laughs> like what? What the, the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, that would be insanity. Yeah, exactly. it's like such a mind fuck. So when you think of being like cryogenically frozen and being sent into the future, like you really have no fucking clue what no it is. Clue. No clue. No clue. And that's the thing is like, we think if we can think we can control anything. And I ask questions all the time. You know, I didn't ask you this question, um, which was, you know, looking back on this whenever we do, which for you, I can easily say is you don't think we're going to be out of this until at least fall, end of fall based on what you already I mean, said. But even like, but the thing is that we're not out of it, like after like, like having an emotional time or a scarring moment, like we're gonna have the Olympics in 2021 and they're just gonna keep talking about how it was postponed because- Oh yeah, this isn't gonna be over for- like, The discussion is gonna be there. There's no such thing. That's like saying like carving into the stone and saying like, when will this carving be gone? Like, <laughs> right. Not. You're right, and you're like, right. Suck it up, it's there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Which kind of negates my question, but I can ask it in a different way, which is, you know, I usually ask when we look back on this, which I can't because what you said, there's no back on this. It is, it is in us and there's just moving forward. Which country's handling it the best and which one failed? 
who's the golden child and who's the golden fuck up. Look, I, I'll say shout out to the Czech Republic, like 100%, like living here. Uh, it, it's been super easy. Like I, and I'm, I'm saying that as a, as a freelancer whose life was, whose job, whose income was shut down. I not only had support from the Czech government very quickly, but even a uh, shout out to the company, Prague Shakespeare Company. Uh, they started the funds that people would give money to for actors in Prague. And so they were actually able to like basically cover a month's rent for me. And so, like, I, you know, I, I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, like, extremely, extremely. Uh, but like, I, I don't know because the thing is that I even like, when I was looking at the numbers originally, I was just like, God, like Vietnam and Japan have such small numbers. That's fucking crazy. They're like, they're right next to China. How do they do this? And like, from what I hear, like Japan was not even really testing. They didn't test too much. Um, and I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know about Vietnam. I don't know enough information. Uh, the only thing that I can really say is I, I can speak on the United States and like, I'm not, I don't want to be critical. I think that this is just another example of how we need to work together. It's a because, great, beautiful way of saying it. So like, let me, yeah. I had like, I don't know. I, the United States to me, like, honestly, objectively, when I'm speaking, like, I, I still like grow up and I love it. There are parts of it that I love. There are parts that I love about being American. There are like qualities that I, I think are so much fun when I deal with Americans. I love it because I, I feel like I, I remember how to navigate the culture. I know how we are. We're a little bit more uppity than like Europeans, for example. I mean, not the Mediterranean. Everything's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, but like, but you get it. There's there's subtle cues when you're talking about it. You know, you know how someone is saying good if they're actually good or not. You know, like you, you know, it's not until you leave that you really start to understand what it means to be that fish. Of course, of course. Yeah, and I love that, but. I always, like, I really have been thinking about my uh, biology class in sophomore year of high school because they talked about, my teacher, Rami Alwan, talked about how there's this horror movie called uh, The 50-Foot Amoeba. And it was an amoeba that, like, attacked the city. And he was like, you know, that, that actually cannot exist. And this was a lesson in uh, surface area, or basically how things absorb water, almost like, you know, you can have a small meatball and you can have a big meatball. If you cook them at the same time, the large one is still gonna be raw because it takes longer for the heat to get in. So an amoeba of that size cannot exist because if they tried to eat things through phagocytosis, it wouldn't be able to go in and process quick enough. Mm. The amoeba would die. So, Honestly, the United States is a big fucking country and it requires a vastly intricate system to work together. And like, we're being challenged right now. And 
you can see it with the coronavirus. And regardless of how you feel about it, what it's showing is that we're not a team. Yeah. We have people that are shutting down, and then we have other people that are saying this is bullshit and going around. And look, there are people here that think it's bullshit. And I'm sure that I've missed some protests, but like this is split and you can't go both ways. Cause if you're, if you, if you ever fluctuate between a decision between a yes or a no, you choose the middle, you end up getting none of both worlds. So like, like, man, like it's a, it's a Republic. If we can keep it that way, it's a great country. If we can keep it that way and it takes work. You got to check in with people. You got to check in with family. If you want a good community, you got to be with people. You got to communicate, which I didn't even realize is like the same fucking word, community and communicate. No one fucking communicates. Like, even if it's a shouting match, at least get that out of the fucking way. Don't just say like, this person's a Trump supporter. Fuck them. This person's a libtard. Get the fuck out of here with your marshmallow bullshit. Like, fuck you guys. Like, come on. Like, I don't know. Oh, you know. And you just said it so beautifully. And thank you. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else I have to say. Like, that was, it was really beautifully said. Thank you for that. Thank you. I will be running for president 20 years from now. <laughs> no, but it's true, Sean. And, and it's, I mean, if we could put it really, really fucking simply. It is about putting love first. It is about but getting yeah, in that loving each other. But like love is, I think love is like more wholesome than we think. Because when I think love, I think happy. It's acceptance. But love is also what love misery. is is loving something or someone for exactly what it is and exactly what it isn't. That is love. Yeah, but I mean, like, what I mean is, that it's like saying like love is like life. And like, you can't think about life without lows and without suffering, and without sadness. Oh so yeah. You can't say like, lows. oh, like I want you to love me. Meaning like, I want you to be like unconditional and everything. Like sometimes you gotta be hard. And sometimes you gotta be communicative. Right. Like, love doesn't mean happy fluffiness all the time. Absolutely not. There's tough love. Of course, you gotta make hard decisions because you love someone. Yeah. Which is but exactly what Trump should do. Make the hard call and shut it down regardless of the government because you love us and you want to take care of us as people. Start talking about mental health because you love us and it's not yeah, easy to I mean, do that's it, the, that's the thing, in all honesty, like regardless of what you say and like uh, policies, like anyone across the board, I think that I will just argue that I don't, I don't, I don't think that he loves us. I don't think that he really cares about us. And like, yeah. that's like hurtful. And I'm not trying to say that as in like a, I, I don't want to see him as president. It's just like, I don't really think that he should be president because even if like, I don't know, like I, even if you're like a fuck up, which I don't think you should be the top office in a democratically, democratically elected system. Uh, like, like just loving us is not enough. You got to be smart about it. But if you don't love us at all, like, you know, it, it just seems like he's oh, there for his own interest. Like if he comes out have, with a net You plus, have the collective's back or you have your back. And when you only have your back, 
And then by the way, nobody else does. And you don't have, boom, you make one slip, you're gone. But if you have the collectives back, they have your back. You can make a lot of mistakes and they're going to be there to support you. It's like people think Mm -hmm. if I give you my tips and tricks, my insight and shine a little bit of my light on you, I go dim. No, when two lights shine together, they become brighter. We have to remember these things. But the thing is that he's, but it's not, if you got my back, I got your back. He's like, if I have a certain percentage of people's backs in certain areas of the United States, then they got my back. It's so fucked. Okay, I, we have to stop. This has been so good. Clearly we can keep talking. Is there anything else you want to say on record, for the record? No, I love on April 28, 2020. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the One World Your Story podcast. If you enjoyed hearing this story and you wish to hear more, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube. And of course, follow us on Instagram at One World Your Story. From all of us here at the One World Your Story podcast, we are sending you so much joy and love. Have a wonderful rest of your day.